So we are almost at the end of our journey in the book or the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Three more sessions, counting what today's message for us to uh, end this journey. We have entitled our studies in the book of Philippians as the journey uh, of true joy, the journey of true joy. And last week, uh, Pastor has given us a very good picture that Paul wanted to see in the life of the Philippians uh, brothers, the Philippian church. We spoke very much about maturity, that the way that we need to avoid the Judaizers that were coming and preaching another gospel, a works-based gospel uh, to, those, to that church is for us to grow in maturity in our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, in our passage, which is mainly from verse 17 to verse 1 of chapter 4, verse 17 of chapter 3 to verse 1 of chapter 4, Paul is adding to how then, or one way that we as believers, we need to mature. And he will point that it is by imitating Christ and those also that follow, follow Christ. But we will see how Paul instructs as a good pastor, as a good shepherd, the church in Philippi, and also for us today as the Holy Spirit has recorded this word for us to be able to learn from these words. If you don't mind then, I would like uh, and ask you to stand as we read God's word. We will start from verse 12 in chapter 3, and then we'll go up to chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, let's just stand, rise, and read God's word for this morning. That says the word of God. Not that I have already obtained these, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straying forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join me in imitating, join in in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who, who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and the glory in their shame with, with mindset on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, 
And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I, have, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm, Thus in the Lord, my beloved. Let's pray. <coughs> Excuse me. Heavenly Father, once again, we are so thankful for the gift of life, for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, and for the gift of your word. Speak unto us this morning and open up our hearts and our ears, O Lord, for us to receive your word, not as a word of man, but as a word that comes from you, which is able to save our soul. Dear Holy Spirit, may you glorify our Lord Jesus Christ in our listening and in our response to your word. May our thoughts, our heart's desire be completely towards you this morning so that Jesus Christ may be exalted and glorified in this place and in our lives. We pray all this knowing that you are able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think according to your power that is at work within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you very much. The storyline of the Bible starts and leads us to a marriage ceremony. If we go to the book of Genesis, we will see that Adam was married to uh, Eve. And at the end, as we see in the book of Revelation, there is also a celebration and the marriage that awaits us. The marriage of Christ and his bride, the church. But for that marriage to happen, the church needs to be suitable to this bridegroom. That's why in the book of Ephesians, we hear the Lord saying that Jesus Christ died for his church to do what? To wash her with what? With his blood in order to present the church ready to meet with him and consummate that marriage. And the washing that Christ is doing in our lives can also be understood as the growth, the maturity of the church. We as a church, as the bride of Christ, we need to grow in order for us to be fit for our future husband, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we see Paul saying and talking about maturity to the church of uh, Philippi and also to us. I remember last Sunday the example that pastor gave. That where there is health in a little life that comes to this world, a little baby needs to grow and mature. And that's the same expectation and desire that God has for us, has his church and his children. 
We need to grow and mature. If a 15-year-old cannot speak properly, automatically the parents will be worried because it will not be a normal thing. And God as well in our spiritual life, he expects us to grow and to mature in the knowledge of Christ, in the knowledge of him, again, so that as his bride, we can be ready for the uh, marriage uh, or with the Lamb, with our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. And then one of the ways that we have to grow in the Lord is to imitate those that follow our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to follow the examples of those who have lived their lives according to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to aim also to be an example of heavenly, of a citizen of, of heaven. A citizen of heaven are those that are mature in Christ and live their lives according to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is my uh, theme or topic for this morning. Be an example of a citizen of heaven. And in the passage of today, we will see three ways that we can be these examples or be an example of a citizen of heaven. But before we go there, my prayer is that for us that are still in the journey of maturity... God, Holy Spirit, will drive and give us a fresh and a new desire in our heart for us to set a, a, a clear goal of growing and maturing in our Lord Jesus Christ and stopping being an infant in our relationship and in our walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. But for those that are not yet brought to be the bride of our Lord Jesus Christ, my desire and my prayer is that these words today will spark in you and will open your heart and mind in order for you to be willing and accept and embrace the washing that Jesus Christ has done for you and for the world at the cross of Calvary if you believe in him as your Lord and Savior. So my first point this morning how can we be an example of a citizen of heaven? The first one, by imitating those who follow Christ. By imitating those who follow Christ. And we see this from verse 17. Read with me, not what Paul says there at the beginning of verse 17. Brothers, do what? Join me, or join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who, who walk according to the example you have in us. See, Paul is saying, if you want to be a believer to the, to the believers in, in, in the church of Philippi, he's saying very boldly, 
if you want to be a believer, just look to me, Paul, and follow me. This is not the first time Paul does that. In another passages, he does the same invitation. But many of us, we will think that this invitation is too boldly to be true. How dare you, Paul, to say, follow me if I want to be a believer? But Paul says that I have set you an example of what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven, to be mature in Christ, to be a bride that is ready to marry with the bridegroom, our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you see me, my way of life, my attitude, please follow me and you will see what, he, what does it mean to be a believer and to be a Christian. But you see that Paul is not only calling that imitation to himself, not pointing the people or the brethren in the church of Philippi only to himself. But see, at the, at the end, he says, according to the example we have in, in me? No, he says, in, in us. Mentioning other people around him that were also mature, reflecting the character of our Lord Jesus Christ, worthy for others to imitate if they want to grow in their relationship and maturity with our Lord Jesus Christ and to be ready to marry our Lord Jesus Christ, the bridegroom. Brothers and sisters, we know that this church at the beginning we saw in the introduction was read or was written by Paul to the elders, to the deacons, and then to all the church. And of course, the first people that would follow these uh, instructions from Apostle Paul should be the elders. Yes, I'm preaching to myself. Should be the, the elders. Can we as elders of New Life Church, can we say that New Life Church, look to our lifestyle, look to our lives and follow us. If you want to be a believer. Can we say that we are. What we preach from this pulpit. Is what we live in our lives. Can we say that we are following Christ. As we charge the church to do things. That maybe we are not doing. But it doesn't stop there. Paul wrote this word also to the deacons and to the church. Brothers and sisters, are you as a father and a mother a good reflection of our Lord Jesus Christ to our children? To the point that if they want to know what a believer must be. They can look at you and follow you. Can we as parents saying that we are that role model to our children in terms of what a mature believer needs to be? What about you worker and manager that have people that 
under you and that you go uh, weeks at workplace. Or you, an employee, can people in your workplace look to you and say and see that you are a mature believer in our Lord Jesus Christ? If they will follow your lifestyle, can they really say that you are a believer and that they, asp they aspire to imitate and be? What about in our marriages? Are we as husband a portrayal of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Ephesians 5 says to our wives? Even wives, are we a portrayal of our Lord Jesus Christ in the caring and in the forgiving? Are we that portrayal of our Lord Jesus Christ in our homes, in our marriage, in our church, in our society? So Paul is saying, imitate me if you want to be a believer, but as I imitate who? Christ, as I follow Christ. So one way that we have to mature and to be a citizen of heaven is to imitate those who follow Christ. If you are here and you are a disciple of Christ, Jesus says at the beginning of your life, follow me, and I will make you what? A fishers of, of men. And then at the end of his mission, and he says, if you are my disciples, you need to go where? To the world and make what? Disciples of every nation, of every tongue. Meaning, if you are here and you are a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, you need to desire to be mature in order for you to make disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, here, the recipe is disciples that makes what? Disciples. And this implies a relationship that you need to have with someone that he or she will see your life and see Christ's likeness in you and wanting to follow you if she or he needs to know what a true disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ means. Are we those kind of people? Are we these true disciples that can say to others or that is willing to make disciples and say, follow me as I follow Christ? This was not only for the elders. It is a responsibility of the elders and deacons of the church. But it is also for all the church, all the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where are you in your maturity and in your making disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ commandment? Where are you? You know, children cannot bear children. But the mature women can hold the baby and give birth to that baby. Only mature disciples make disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't be slack and lazy and ignorant of your maturity. We are going somewhere, remember, we are going somewhere to the marriage that is awaiting us with the bridegroom. 
But we need to be ready. And Jesus is committed to, to us, in washing us. We will see that in the, our last point later on. But Jesus is committed. That's why he became man and died at the cross for us. In order for us to come, to follow him, to mature and be ready to marry him as a citizen, an example of a citizen of heaven. But of course, Paul doesn't stop there. He continues saying, yes, you need to be an example of a citizen of heaven by imitating those who follow Christ. But secondly, he said by not imitating or avoiding those who are enemies of the, of the cross. We see this from verse 18 to 19. It is very difficult for us to understand and to identify who Paul exactly is saying that they are the enemy, the enemies of the cross. But the context, and as we saw from the beginning, Paul has in mind the Judaizers that comes, they are believers that are coming to this church or potentially will come to, to this church preaching that Jesus Christ is not enough for our salvation, that we need to do things, works, to earn or then to maintain our salvation. And I believe that that's what Paul is pointing out and saying they are the enemies of, of the cross. Because those that add to the work that Jesus has done are saying that what Jesus has done is not sufficient. Meaning they are the enemy of the complete work of our Lord Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. They are enemies of the cross. But now pay attention to the things that he characterizes or the descriptions he gives for these enemies of the cross. And maybe there we can do some application as well. What he says, he says there that I, I, I even with tears, meaning I, 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 I cry for these people that walk as the enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19, their end is what? Destruction. Okay, so they are walking as the enemy of the cross, but Paul is saying that if they continue in that path, they will be what? Destroyed. Secondly, he says that their God is their belly. Who has a big belly? Maybe we'll see how can my God, my God be my belly? We will understand what Paul wants to say there. And they say that the glory in their shame, secondly, or third characteristic, and then, or third description, and then he says that these people have their mindset where? In your Bible, where do they have their mindset? On the earthly things. This is how Paul is characterized or describing those that are enemies of, of the cross. 
As I said, many scholars are debating to start understanding if Paul is talking about other group of people or these Jewish believers that are preaching or won't potentially preach another gospel to this church. But in any case, we can really think and apply these descriptions in very open to those that are enemy of the cross. When the Bible says that they are God, that is their belly, it means that these people are walking in their own flesh, in the appetites and desires of their flesh. Meaning, according to Galatians, the Bible says that walk according to the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of your, of your flesh. Meaning that your flesh is not your God. You have given yourself not to the flesh's desire, but to the spirit's desire. So everything that God has conquered for us at the cross of Calvary, the forgiveness, the, the repentance of sin, the joy of salvation, everything, every blessed, spiritual blessing that God in Christ Jesus has conquered for us at the cross of Calvary is available unto us in the Spirit. Meaning, if we follow the Spirit, we will not satisfy the desire, the appetite, our belly. They will not be our God. The spirit of the living God who dwells in us will be our God as long as we have submitted ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But how many of us, even being a believer, we give in to our flesh and we don't desire to grow and to acquire more of the blessing that the Holy Spirit is ready to give us if we just desire and allow Him to work in us. Brothers and sisters, our relationships are there to uh, help us to see areas of our lives that we are not walking according to the Spirit. Let's stop to be stubborn. Let's stop to close our, our hearts and be pride and not allowing the Lord to work in our hearts. What is the area in your life that you are still giving into the flesh? By the power of your, the Spirit of the living God, let us ask that the grace, the transforming grace of our God will take hold of us. So that we will not give in to the flesh, but we will live and walk according to the Spirit. Those that walk according to the Spirit, they are the mature sons of, of God. That will be ready to marry the bridegroom, our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the area in your life that you are giving in to flesh? And you see that they say that they glory in their own shame. So they have pride in what they do. You know, they stand firm in their pride. They don't want to change. Even listening to the spirit knocking in their hearts, in their door. And they are proud. 
proud on what and they glory in what they they are shame. It is shameful to them, but still they have pride in that aspect in life. Be it anything that you can name that is from the flesh. Be it anything. If you are still close to the Holy Spirit in your pride, in your unforgiveness, in your lies, everything, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you this morning, in and through this word that is knocking now at the door of your heart. But lastly, he says there that these enemies of the cross, they have what? Their mindset on earthly things. Of course, applying that to uh, the Judaizer, it is the works that they do, they are earthly things. Okay? They have their mind. All the works that they are adding to the uh, cross, to what Jesus has accomplished at the cross, are earthly things. This is true. But for us, it is us living our lives without having the perspective of where we are going. Is waking up every day just thinking of our retirement? Just thinking of our marriage, just thinking of anything else that will finish in this world. If you are a believer, get this right today. We are going somewhere. This world is not our home. We are going somewhere. Make this clear. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister that to you. Everything that Paul was doing, we saw in a previous message, he said that I have what? One goal. What was that one goal? To know Christ. To know the bridegroom. Everything else he did was, in various ways, was an expression of that desire of knowing Christ. If he was a worker as you are or as I am, everything he will do in his workplace would be to know who? Christ. Why? We are going somewhere. Do we have this mindset? That's why Paul is saying, look, if you want to be a believer, imitate me. It's not imitate my hairstyle or how I look or how I, I dress or even how I speak. Imitate my desire to know Christ. Imitate me. Imitate in my heart to walk towards that day that I will see him face to face. To face. Believer in Christ, we are going somewhere. We are foreigners and what? Exiles. This world is not our promised land. Make sure about that. Allow the Holy Spirit to sink this thought in you for your day to have meaning. Your work, your family, your relationships, everything that is in your possession should be reorganized and reoriented towards where we are going. 
Christ needs to be the center of our life. I'm speaking and preaching to myself as well. No problem on that. Christ must be the center of, of our lives. Youth. Maybe you are planning a big career. Let that big career reflect Christ. If you go into an engineer uh, career, anyway, allow that to be a platform that people will see Christ in you and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, those that have their mindset that everything they think, it's only about this world, Paul is calling them what? The enemy of the cross. The enemies of Christ. Why? Because what Christ did at the cross of Calvary doesn't end in this world. Paul was able to say that although our, our outward man is decaying, our inward man is what? Renewing day by day. And he says, why? Why? Because we don't put our eyes in the things that are temporary in the things of this world, but our eyes are set in the eternal things. You know, that's why many of us, we don't grow to become this mature believer in God, this example of a citizen of heaven, and this bride ready for the bridegroom. Because our eyes are only set in the things of this world. Then, third and last point. Be an example of a citizen of heaven by setting our minds in heaven and eagerly longing for Christ's return. Paul says, look, as you are imitating me, I have the consciousness that I am not of this, this world. I am from above. I am from heaven. Meaning, and, and this will be a very point, uh, a very understandable language to the church of Philippi, and we explained this before, that this Philippi, uh, the, 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 the city of Philippi, was a colony of Rome. They were living their life from the rules that would come from afar, from Rome. They have organized their life and reoriented their lives according to Rome. They were in Philippi, but they were living as they were in, in Rome. Are we living as we are, as we are citizens of, of heaven? Are we living according to the rules and the commandments of heaven in our lives, in our day-to-day -day life? Paul says that a true believer or a true uh, example of a citizen of heaven needs to think about the things of, of heaven. I know people would say, you are so mindly or so heaven-minded that you don't have any use for earthly things. I don't agree with that expression, honestly. 
I have said to you, if we have the right perspective of who Jesus is and where are we going, if we think about heavenly things, we will be the best citizens in this world. We will be the best fathers, best mothers, and even the best students and employees. Best everything if you have heavenly perspective in your life. Do we have that? Yeah? I'm calling you to think about this in your family. Oh, sorry, individually. In your family. And we as a, as a church. Do we have this mindset of a citizen of, of heaven? But see, he doesn't stop there. He says that... From it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is at the same time the bridegroom. Yeah? So, here there is the, the, the word here in ESV, it just says await, but in another translation, you will find eagerly longing, eagerly uh, waiting for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. I couldn't really stop but think about my marriage with Vitorina when I was reading this. You know, you make plans, you have that uh, uh, sometimes fight in preparation, but as the day were approaching, you know, you, you desire that day to, to happen as quick as possible. I believe uh, those that are married can relate with that as well. There is a deep desire, a passion desire for Christ to, to come. But you know, many of us as well, again, we have our minds in this world that we never think of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We wake up, go to work, go to school, come back, next day the same thing, next day the same thing. Nothing of Christ in our thinking. But Paul says elsewhere in the Bible that everything you do, even eating and drinking, do it for the glory of, of God. Meaning that we must have a mindset of heaven. Therefore, our affections and our desires will be aligned with that mindset of embracing and seeing Jesus Christ return. How are we on this? How are we? I have said to you that Jesus Christ is committed to this very thing that we are saying here to come to pass. Why do I say that? Look with me, verse 21. He says, Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body? Here is what I said. Jesus has a glorious body, and now we, as a believers, our body is not glorified yet. But when our body will be glorified, meaning that we will be the same nature, oh, sorry, we will have participation in the same nature of our Lord Jesus Christ in His humanity, with our body becoming like what? His glorious body. We will be ready and fit for that marriage. 
That's why we are having this journey in order for us to mature and grow. If you refuse to do that, you will not be fit for that marriage. And see how he is doing that. That verse says, by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Remember what we read before, that I am sure Paul is saying to the Philippi, to the burden in the church of Philippi, uh, Philippians 1.6, that he who has what? Begun what? This good work, where? In you. Which work? The work of maturing you. The work of making you ready to meet with him. He is faithful and he will bring to completion when? In his day, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The day of that celebration. And let me stop and say, look, you can be part of that day only if you believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are here and you are closing your heart for our Lord Jesus Christ. Allow this word to minister to you again. And open your heart for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let he be the Lord of your life. Let he be. He will do whatever it takes to transform you. But at the beginning, you need to be willing you need to accept that you have been the king of your life and submit your life now to the rulership of our King Lord Jesus the same way he's saying here as the citizens of, of heaven. Do it. Don't wait tomorrow. Do it today. Tomorrow doesn't belong to us. It is this power that is at work within us. Church, it is this power of the resurrected Christ that is at work within us to transform our lives. In Romans 8, he says that if the same spirit that have resurrected Christ from the dead lives in you, he will give life to your mortal body. You know, even death will not be the end. In the same way Christ has resurrected from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power will awake or give life to our mortal bodies even if we die in this world. Death is not the end, church. It is not. Now, if you have this mindset, you will not fear death. But if you think otherwise, you will be fearful of death. Brothers and sisters, we can be an example of a citizen of heaven now. In and through the power of the Holy Spirit. In and through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. That enables him, the power that enables him to be called king is the same power at work within us. The Bible finishes with a very beautiful longing. Can you turn your Bible quickly in the book of Revelation? Revelation 
we will read from verse 12. Follow me in your Bible. From verse 12. Sorry, chapter 22. The last chapter in the Bible. I beg your pardon. Last chapter, 22. We will read from verse 12. The Bible says like this. Behold, Jesus saying, I am what? Coming soon. Bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. That's the same picture. That's the picture of the... The celebration. We're going to the city gates and we are celebrating with our bridegroom. Outside, verse 15, are the dogs, the sorcerers, and the sexually immoral, the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the, for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Now see the exclamation. The spirit and the bride say what? Come. The spirit and the bride say come. And let one who hears says what? Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. And let the one who is thirst do what? Come, it's open. Why? His body, his flesh, he has opened and living a new way for us to fellowship with him. It's paid. The blood and the cross has spoken. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of, this, of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in his book. And if anyone takes away from the words of, this book, of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy seat which are described in this book. This is what the Judaizer wanted to do. Adding to the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, verse 20. He who testified these things say, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Amen. Father, we are so thankful for this word. I start really... By myself, Lord, as you minister this word to us, that we will be an example of a citizen of heaven. That our desires and our longings will not be for only the things of this world, but for you. Lord, raise up our affections today. Let each individual, let, uh, let each family and we as a church meditate and consider this word carefully so that your spirit will work within us and transform us.
to what you have created us to be, your bride, ready to meet with you in the feast of the Lamb. Father, we believe in you. We believe in what you have laid for us this morning. We believe that you are committed, Lord, to transform us, and we believe that you will come. Let now this belief be manifested in our day-to-day life, from today, along the week, until we meet again next week in this place to worship you. May your name be glorified in our lives. We pray all this knowing that you are able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think according to your power that is at work within us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.